Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use, no doubt, starts now. This is the broadcast for November the 13th in the year of our Lord, 2001. Wow. In the year of our Lord, 2021. This is our one of two and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property. And to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America. That is our guide. And as you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Welcome to the broadcast. Hope you're all doing absolutely fantastic. Man, have we got a lot of interesting tidbits to bring your way today. And man, we've got... um. I don't even know how to respond to all this. We've just got so much information, so much division, so much controversy in the country that it's hard to even break it all down for you. Let's start with yesterday's recap, and then we'll dig into it. We had our guest on, Mr. Chris Carlson, with us. And uh, Chris says, without God, we can never win. With God, we can never lose. The battle for freedom is the Lord's. But we need to be engaged in the fight. Amen to that. We had a discussion relating to all things liberty. And we talked about the parable between the wheat and the tares. Can you tell the difference is the question. No, right now, believe it or not, I can't. And I think that's why God wants us to be so careful. Uh, over time, it'll be easier to know the wheat and the tares because they will become more and more separated, more and more polarized as they dig into their I don't know what you want to call it, their core purpose, right? You'll begin to know who's who. Right now, I just don't know. But we're gaining more and more intel on that. So we talked about this incredible Revolver.News article. And it says, the mystery man, meet Ray Epps, the Fed-protected provocateur who has appeared to have led the very first breaches of the Capitol on January the 6th on the U.S. Capitol. Uh, Revolver.news documents that, you know what, Ray is on camera many times shouting for people to breach the Capitol the day before and the day of the event. Literally telling people, no, 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 your grievances aren't important. Remember why we're here. That is to breach the Capitol. He's on film doing this over and over. He's also on camera whispering into the ears of the men who committed the very first illegal acts of January 6th by breaking down the barricades. Okay, Ray Epps is at the center of it all on camera over and over. Now, what's interesting about this is Revolver has confirmed that the FBI scrubbed Ray Epps' from their most wanted database. Believe it or not, just one day after Revolver.News put together a damning investigative report on fellow Epps friend, fellow Oath Keeper, Stuart Rhodes. So why did they have Epps on their public database as soon as that 
broke about Stuart Rhodes and the tie between the two. Well, all of a sudden, hey, Ray Epps has now taken off the most wanted database. Why? Then we ask about Ray Epps and everything else in Congress. Thomas Massey asking the questions. And they say, well, we don't talk about current investigations. Well, wait a minute. If you let this guy go, he's not on the most wanted database anymore. Is there still an investigation? Oh, we can't even answer if there's an investigation or not. There's also another guy by the name of Maroon PB. And it suggests a far far more extensive degree of proactive federal provocateur involvement on January 6th than even the Revolver News Magazine had anticipated. So you've got this Maroon BP, you got Ray Epps, and you got Stuart Rhodes, they claim is at the center of all this. I don't know that I agree with all that. I know Ray Epps is on camera doing some pretty gnarly things. So is Maroon BP. Uh, there's a lot of allegations about Stuart Rhodes, but there's not on-camera pay dirt like there is on these other guys. And I know Stuart Rhodes, and I'm going to be pretty surprised if he's involved. I don't think so. But the Revolver.News people ask some very, very critical, I believe, important questions that people ought to be willing to answer. Here it is. Does the FBI now, or has it ever, maintained a formal or informal relationship or, quote, point of contact with either Stuart Rhodes or Ray Epps, whether directly or indirectly, including through intermediaries? I know that sounds like a very participled question, but it's really critical. Does the FBI now, or has it ever, maintained a formal or informal relationship or point of contact with either Stuart Rhodes and or Ray Epps whether directly or indirectly, see how we're kind of covering all the bases there? Including through intermediaries. In other words, hey, that's a pretty broad question, but it's a great FOIA request question. But I think that, you know what? We can have Stuart Rhodes and Ray Epps and B, um, Maroon BP answer those questions as well. The government ought to answer them. But the government literally shut down a congressman and said we won't answer them, which is very interesting. The second question that must be asked is this. Do any other federal counterintelligence agencies, whether in military intelligence or law enforcement, including but not limited to Army counterintelligence, the Department of Homeland Security, DHS in other words, the Joint Terrorism Task Force, JTTF, or otherwise maintain or have they ever maintained a formal or informal relationship with either Stuart Rhodes or Ray Epps, whether directly or indirectly, including through intermediaries? In other words, the same question from the FBI or any of these other federal counterintelligence agencies. And the same question, like I said, could be asked of the government side of the question and could be answered by, say, a Ray Epps or Stuart Rhodes. I'd be interested to know what they have to say about it. Now, Stuart Rhodes, I consider a friend, and I'm going to call him and see if uh, he's interested in coming on the uh, radio and talking to us about this. But I find it very interesting. Um, there's a lot of evidence against Ray, but I don't see a whole lot of evidence against Stuart. I wonder if the enemies of liberty are just trying to drag Stuart into this is what I would wonder. Uh, we also talked about Utah launches. This is at hour number two now, I guess. Utah launches three-year, multimillion-dollar suicide prevention campaign 
Paul Nelson writes it. They say reasons to hope. Suicide is Utah's most, quote, preventable tragedy. I uh, agree on one hand uh, that it's preventable. But what I find interesting is they want to put government money into this all the time. But they never want to talk about God and family. I believe that turning to God Almighty and turning to family, those who God put on the earth as your fundamental unit of society, God put families together. He decides who's born to whom, right? Uh, And so I appreciate it, but we can't have government take the lead with millions of dollars. We're not going to get anywhere. It's kind of like the war on drugs. It seems like the more you spend money and time and effort stopping the war on drugs um, or stopping drugs, the more the drugs proliferate. Proliferate. Um, It's almost like that. You got to go back to God and the families. What we need is the black regiment preachers preaching morality, preaching that we're the children of Almighty God and he loves us. And you can have a relationship with your heavenly father. Okay, we need to teach those principles, and we're not. We're just kind of dependent on government to solve the problem. So I appreciate the focus on this because it's a serious issue. But I think that we need to go about it a little differently. Government should play a supporting role, not the lead role. Anyway, there you have that, just my two cents uh, on the solutions there. Second hour yesterday was, in my opinion, one of the best interviews I've ever done. I think it was really good. Our guest was Rick Green. And Rick Green is the founder of PatriotAcademy.com, which is an organization that has literally hundreds of thousands of coaches and leaders helping facilitate constitutional founding father-esque free training. And uh, Rick Green, David Barton, and others are the educators on video, and the coaches are facilitators to help make that happen in your living room, in your church, with your family, with your loved ones, kitchen militia around the table, etc., uh, arming ourselves with knowledge and understanding about the principles that made America great. Just incredible offerings at PatriotAcademy.com. Anyway, but Rick Green and I talked in detail of the head note, headline or notes that I have about it. It says, Sam and Rick break down the Let's Go Brandon movement. And we both agree that, you know what, it, the American people are absolutely frustrated. And the Let's Go Brandon phrase is way better than the F. Joe Biden phrase. So in that sense, we understand it. We documented the long history uh, of the frustration in America and how we go about it, dumping the tea in the harbor and all through, all the way through. Um, but we're not the civil disobedient ones, ladies and gentlemen. Remember, government drives its power from the consent of the governed, which is us. And the disobedient ones are those who are violating the laws and taking unwarranted, uh, without consent power under themselves. That would be Joe Biden and crew. Joe's mandating a vaccine as if he has the right to create law, for instance. Uh, We go on and on. Nevertheless, we talked about this rich history of frustration and winning over and doing something to rein in government. The checks and balances should be front and center. We documented that, but then we also talked about how important it is to be humble and to turn to God about it. And we documented this book called Tender Warrior, Every Man's Purpose. Every Woman's Dream, written by Stu Weber. More details in seconds on your radio. Scott Bradley here. Most Americans are painfully aware that the nation is on the wrong track and in dire straits. 
Unfortunately, most political pundits only nibble around the edges when they claim to address the issues. Even worse, many of the so-called solutions are simply rewarmed servings of what got us into the mess we currently face. And the politicians think we're so gullible and naive that we'll buy their lies that they have reformed and now understand where they led us astray. Unfortunately, the truth of the matter is that they simply wish to continue to hold power. The solution to America's challenges is found in returning to the timeless principles found in the United States Constitution. My book and lecture series will reawaken in Americans an understanding and love of the principles which made this nation the freest, most prosperous, happiest, and most respected nation on earth. Visit to preservethenation.com and order my book and lectures to begin the restoration of this great nation. Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, what if somebody steals our gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way, but actually gold is money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into mommy and daddy's bank account because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. With news the networks refuse to use. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. So we're covering yesterday's broadcast, talking about my interview with Rick Green. I submit one of the best interviews I've ever done. So we talked about the understanding of Let's Go Brandon and the, the frustration, and it, that's justified and legitimate, and there's a rich history in America about it. But we don't need to lose the moral high ground as we go forward. So we talked about the need to be a God-fearing people and to hold the moral high ground and the necessity of understanding that, you know what, we'll do what needs to be done to defend liberty by all means. We're not going to just uh, be so polite we can't stand up for our God-given inalienable rights. We will, but it's how we go about it. Just take a warrior as a great example. Do you relish war? Do you love war? Do you, are you braggadocious about war? If so, you got the wrong spirit about you. We're telling you that right now. If, on the other hand, you say, you know what, I don't want to go to war. I'd rather be with my wife and my children. I'd rather be about making a peaceful living to support my family. But if I must defend my wife and children, if I must defend my God-given inalienable rights, if I, then I will. And, buddy, I'll, I'll be Rambo, warrior, get it done, man. I'll be the hero. It, but I don't want to. See, it's all in the attitude. Do you love war or do you hate war? Right? Well, anyway, there's an incredible book called Tender Warrior, Every Man's Purpose, Every Woman's Dream. It's written by Stu Weber, and it's an incredible book. And uh, Rick Green brought it up. And I asked the question at the end of the show, are you a tender warrior? And that can relate to men and women. You know, you hear mama bears taking care of her children. No doubt about it. I'm not saying that women don't have a role to play here either. 
Uh, I'm just saying, this is what we need in America, though. We need tender warriors. They're tender in that they're close to God. They're tender in that their emotions are, you know, they're soft when needs be. But they're a warrior, ladies and gentlemen, when needs be, too. Don't forget that reality check. Right? And usually it's the religious guy. Uh, in, a, in a military unit that, that has this tender warrior mentality. All the other guys are running around braggadocious. I'm going to, you know, kill the enemy. I'm going to do this and that. And the other guys are going, whatever. I don't, I don't want any part of this. I don't want to be here. And then everybody else is like, ah, oh, you're a wimp. And then, you know what, in the end of the day, uh, the guy you want to be in the foxhole with is the guy that's that tender warrior, that guy that doesn't want to be there because he knows what's at stake. He's not braggadocious. He's not... Uh, irrespecting of life he's completely pro-life and understands his role before god almighty but buddy if he has to do what he has to do he'll do it he'll do it well see we want to be that kind of people anyway i submit to you that it was a great discussion with rick green well well done rick did just a phenomenal job on your radio all right that's a recap of the broadcast that took place just yesterday it's still available ladies and gentlemen libertyroundtable.com lovingliberty.net spread the word uh it's free on-demand radio at your fingertips. We also have live broadcasts as well. And if you go to lovingliberty.net, you can download the iPhone or the Android app. They're both free. And on that app, not only can you listen to archives of the shows, but live as well. You can follow our Twitter feed. You can donate. You can make comments. In other words, give us feedback and a whole lot more. Would love you to get our phone apps. They're available now at lovingliberty.net. We've also added a bunch more podcasts to our podcast page on Loving Liberty liberty.net please spread the word about that because man we're gaining on it we're getting more and more and more valuable content just for you my fellow americans just for you all right you know how i brought up a tender warrior man's purpose every woman's dream it's man's purpose to be about being a tender warrior defending his family uh you know what a bulldog out in the world but tender at home kind of an idea tender with those who deserve it but hardcore with those who demand it or require it right um, every man's purpose. That's who we are as men, a real man's man, right? But it's every woman's dream to have a man like that, right? Every real woman's dream anyway. I'll tell you that right now. All right, now, I bring that up because the story today is kind of shocking. Here's the headline. Nancy Pelosi demands gender equity in attack on global warming. This is hard to understand. Pelosi demands gender equity in attack on global warming, insists that gender be the central component of climate action. Bob Unruh, WND.com, with the article. This is just insane. What the heck does gender equity have to do with the climate, you may ask? <laughs> well... You just got to dig into the brain of Nancy to figure it out, right? Pelosi's, quote, unusual demand came in a statement that she issued as she appeared at the United Nations Climate Change Conference in Glasgow, Scotland. It's an event, by the way, that drew the wealthy traveling in their hundreds of private jets and staying in gas-guzzling cruise ships anchored nearby. Yeah, these guys all want to talk about the environment as they just guzzle their gas. I'm not a fan of Greta Thunberg, but at least she supposedly doesn't travel that way, right? <laughs> but nevertheless, she says this. This is Nancy. Our delegation proudly and clearly 
stated its commitment to making gender equity a central component of climate action. What the heck? Yeah, they say a key focus of our meetings is the centrality of women to the climate crisis. Man, what? They say it's a crisis, and it's a threat multiplier that amplifies existing inequities, particularly for women. So you know that women are the, oh, uh, what do you want to call it? Abused sex, the slave sex. You know, you got everything from, hey, a woman should be uh, in the bedroom or in the kitchen, mockeries, of okay, all the way down to they don't make as much money, there's a glass ceiling, they don't, they're not treated fair, they're not listened to in board meetings, all the way down, it's a, wow. But Nancy Pelosi wants to make sure that you know that climate change affects women the most. Did you know that? Well, you know now, right? <laughs> I kid you not. She wants to make sure you know that climate change affects women the most. Did you know that? If you didn't, it's time you know. Yeah. The United Nations, in fact, agrees with her and has claimed that women are more vulnerable to climate change. Why? Because of social, economic, and cultural factors. So the UN agrees with Nancy. You realize this, right? It's hard to think through this, really, for people like me. But they say 70% of the 1.3 billion people living conditions of poverty are women, the UN said. In the report, women represent a high percent of poor communities that are highly dependent on local natural resources for their livelihood, particularly in rural areas. They're the ones primarily responsible in the home for water supply and energy for cooking and heating. And it is a serious, serious problem. They say, can climate change be addressed with gender equity? Question mark. What do you say, Cameron? Can climate change be addressed with gender equity? Very serious question for all of us to answer because Nancy's on it. And sadly, that's kind of the... uh, I don't know what you want to call it, the delegation we've sent. Now, um, whacked out Gavin Newsom, governor of California, was going to attend, but he got the Coco booster shot and got so sick from it, couldn't attend, you know. But don't worry, Nancy was there. And Nancy doubled down on demanding that gender equity is the central component, assist that sex-based agenda be the central component of climate action. What the heck does gender equity have to do with the climate? Well, the U.N. and Nancy both will tell you. Yeah. The United Nations has claimed that women are the ones suffering the most. Could climate change be addressed with gender equity is the question? Wow. 
gender equity is kind of the big buzzword now, right? Now, look at this. If I go and I type gender equity into Google, just those two words, gender equity. I'm going to tell you what comes up, okay? Because this is kind of shocking in and of itself, if that makes sense. All right, you're listening to the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live. Pursuing Liberty, using the Constitution as our guide. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Chris Barnes. Medicare premiums are going up. The federal government releasing a statement last night announcing that Medicare Part B premiums are going to rise over 14%. Starting next year, meaning monthly costs will rise from about $148 a month to about 170 for those in the lowest income brackets. Longtime Trump advisor Steve Bannon is being indicted for criminal contempt of Congress, and he's now expected to surrender to authorities on Monday. And a busy day for the president on Monday as he'll sign the infrastructure bill at a big ceremony at the White House in the afternoon. And then in the evening, he has a virtual meeting scheduled with the Chinese President Xi Jinping. The U.S. men's soccer team celebrating a defeat of Mexico 2-0 in a World Cup qualifying game in Cincinnati. And this is USA Radio News. Just in time for Christmas, Michael Lindell has dropped the price of the standard classic MyPillow, regularly $69.98 to $19.98. Now, queen and king size slightly higher, but that price includes a free press and pack bag so you can take your MyPillow with you anywhere. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, use my promo code USA, or call 1-800-951-8175. Support Mike Lindell and American Jobs and give MyPillow for Christmas. Maybe this is you too. A lot of people do not like their health plan right now, but great news, you're not stuck with it. There's another choice called MediShare, and it's a great option if you're self-employed or changing jobs or part of the gig economy. The typical family saves $500 a month with MediShare, and the customer satisfaction rate is double that of typical health insurance. Find out more, including how much you'll save. Just call 833-34-BIBLE. That's 833-34-BIBLE. More now on the infrastructure bill that the president will be signing with great pomp and circumstance on Monday at the White House. White House spokeswoman Jen Psaki says at that event he will also announce who he's chosen to be the infrastructure coordinator, someone that she says will oversee the implementation of the $1.2 trillion measure and make sure the funds are spent properly and that there is accountability. You can expect it will be someone from outside of the administration. It will be a busy Monday for President Biden as after that event in the afternoon, he is expected to be having a phone meeting with Chinese President Xi Jinping. It will be the first formal bilateral meeting between the two leaders. White House Press Secretary Saki saying that Xi and Biden will, in her words, discuss ways to responsibly manage their competition. Britney Spears is thanking her fans as she celebrates the end of her conservatorship. And this is USA Radio News. All right. 
back with you live, ladies and gentlemen, hard-hitting talk at your fingertips. See, and Nancy Pelosi wants you to know that gender equity needs to be at the center. Ladies and gentlemen, the center of the climate climate change bait and discussion. And Nancy Pelosi wants you to know that climate change affects women the most. Can climate change be addressed with gender equity? So you say, what the heck is this gender equity term, huh? What the crap is going on with this term? What what the heck? Um, these new words are interesting because they have gender equity in quotes, don't you know? So you got to understand whenever you see these words in quotes that it has a special meaning. And it may not be a meaning that you're thinking of because, of course, you would say, if you're in your right mind, you would say, well, of course we want equity. We want equity everywhere, right? Well, not so fast because it all depends on how you define it, right? So you got to say, what is gender equity? You got to say gender equity versus gender equality. That's a fair, necessary discussion, right? Gender equity, they say, means fairness of treatment for women and men according to their respective needs. Now you're starting to learn a little bit, right? So men and women shouldn't be treated equally. They need to be treated equitably. Equitably means according to their needs, they should be treated differently. All right, you might have different treatment, but equivalent treatment. In terms of, quote, rights, benefits, obligations, and opportunities. Yeah, this might be uh, different in the classroom. Let me give you an example. Naturally, you think computers, that's a man's job. Men like computers, chicks don't, you know. But they say that just fosters these uh, wrong-headed stereotypes, uh, these wrong-headed, uh, you know, views of, of the difference of gender roles. They say that gender equality and equity is a moral imperative. But here's the problem that I have with all that. Who would be in charge there, right? <clears throat> all right? Gender equity means fairness of treatment for men and women according to their respective needs. That might mean equal treatment and or different treatment, but which is considered equivalent. Now, the problem is the United Nations defines gender equity versus equality. So equality says, hey, if we're in the workplace and your job is to move lumber, from one location to another, like uh, taking lumber from the lumber yard and putting it on trucks to be shipped out, you know, equality would say, hey, a man and a woman who have the same job would need to do the same thing. And their output would depend on their pay, right? <clears throat> Not so fast with gender equity. Gender equity would say the women and men here both need jobs. Their jobs are the same by nature. But the women might be able to coordinate the shipments where the men might need to fulfill the shipments you see they say all voices matter when it comes to equity for all except for my voice right my conservative viewpoint right now the problem is the united nations and governments are deciding what this quote gender equity term means and how it would be carried out for example the gender quote pay gap 
Now, this equality versus equity discussion is an important one to understand because you've got to learn what the definitions of governments are. They say the conversation surrounding gender equality is ongoing and important, but there's something missing. We're beyond equality now, don't you know? We're enlightened, right? In Hollywood, the news in classrooms and boardrooms, they say there are important historic conversations that are taking place, and it all surrounds gender equality. Now, that's been a time-battled discussion for generations. But there is now, they say, an important distinction that needs to be understood. Gender equality and gender equity are similar terms, but have different meanings. The words sound similar, but the definitions and the practical usage are different. All right? What qual- equality has to do with the fairness of treatment for both men and women. They say equality is the goal, equity is the means to get there. Listen to this. Here's what they say. Gender equality, equality between men and women, does not mean that men and women have to become the same. But their rights, responsibilities, and opportunities will not depend on whether they were born male or female. Gender equity means fairness of treatment between men and women according to their respective needs. See, it might be equal treatment, and it might be treatment that was just different, but considered equivalent. They say the word equity also has deep financial implications. So, for example, in the world of business, a broad definition of equity is the financial value of an asset after subtracting the value of the liabilities. That's the real, quote, equitable net worth, so to speak. All right. So you're trying to bring women up to the standard of men when it comes to pay. There you have it. What's the difference? They're trying to bring clarity and purpose to this conversation. The distinction between gender equity and gender equality is lost on most, they say. We got to bring clarity and purpose. To the discussion. All right. So you got to ask yourself, do you understand the difference now? Have I explained it well enough to you? They say the understanding of the difference between gender equality and gender equity is the small step that it takes to understand opportunity. The optimistic future, they say, shedding light on these differences, bringing men into the conversation and opening up space for intelligent dialogue will bring us closer to the objective of closing the gap, the gender equity gap in our lifetime. Yeah. You know what all that means now? Are you clear as mud, ladies and gentlemen? (laughs) Let me explain it to you a little bit this way. Think about it in terms of race. 
forget men and women for a second, forget male and female for a second. On one hand, they want to tell you that they got to have gender equity, and they document that they were born male and female, so they admit God's reality on this. On the other hand, what they want to do is wipe gender off the face of the earth and pretend it's this fluid, nebulous, uh, it doesn't matter, just whatever you identify with today is all that counts idea. So they're confusing as all get out. But when it comes to gender, gender equity and gender equality, they do document male and female, which is at least a kudos to them to some degree. But here's what I would say. Go back to race because that's where they pioneered this, what am I going to call it, poppycock, baloney? You say, what do you mean, Sam? Don't you care about people? Don't you want equity and equality? Of course I do. But it's all about how you define the terms, okay? It's all about how you reward one group and how you, uh, well, harm the other group while rewarding one, right? Whenever you reward one group, you harm another group in the process. That's the problem. See, this is all based on the Hegelian dialectic of division. What you do is you divide everybody, and then as everybody fights and squabbles and melts down or whatever, then the government's the only savior. And the result is always more government in the Hegelian dialectic communist agenda. And that's what they're trying to do to us here. On one hand, they want to obliterate gender and pretend it doesn't exist and just lie before God Almighty. In my opinion, a, a horrific sin. Because we know the truth is that God, male and female, created he them. Let's not lose sight of God's in charge here, not us, okay? So uh, that's the first issue. They want to obliterate male and female. But you know what? In their equity ideas, they want to document the difference of men and women. So I don't know why Nancy can run around and talk about how women are harmed more than men and women should be in this gender discussion to be at the center of the climate change debate when all of her colleagues are trying to jettison gender entirely is a baffling context, to say the least. But let's drill down for a minute on this gender equity versus equality for a second. Equality says that men and women should be treated equally. Okay, at a job, if you roll into the job and the job requirements are this, then men and women should perform equally. All right? You're going into the military. Just listen to me. And the requirement is to do 50 push-ups. Then, of course, equality would say a man needs to do 50 push-ups and a woman needs to do 50 push-ups. Got it? Good, because that's equality. And if you can't do 50 push-ups, you're washed out of the deal. But equality uh, is one thing. Equity is another you see. And we're going to reward the differences in gender, even though we pretend there are no differences as we try to wipe gender away. But we're going to, in the term of equity, we're going to acknowledge and reward those differences. And I'll tell you how in a second. You're listening to the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live radio talk show. Why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's going to do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt, and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. 
You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? In churches, in wedding chapels, in maternity wards across the country and around the world. More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term, large-scale problems. American babies in particular are likely going to be wealthier, better educated, and more conservation-minded than children raised in still industrializing countries. As economist Tyler Cowen recently wrote, quote, by having more children, you're making your nation more populous, thus boosting its capacity to solve climate change. The planet does not need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us to think family and act personally. The solution to so many of our problems at all times and in all places is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids. All right, live and on your radio, ladies and gentlemen. So I'm talking about this article documenting Pelosi, quote, demands gender equity in attack on global warming. She's saying, hey, man, sex, gender needs to be at the front and center of this debate. And I'm asking, what the heck does gender equity have to do with the climate? The answer from Nancy and the United Nations is everything. Nancy Pelosi wants to make sure you know that climate change affects women the most. So the question is, what the heck is gender equity? Gender equity versus gender equality. So let's use my example, ladies and gentlemen. These, these words are similar but subtly different. And it all comes down to the definition of whom you're conversing with about these words to understand it. You can't use your own definition because, of course, I want equity. Of course, I want equality. But that's just my term, saying I want to treat people fairly and good and honest and right. But they have a different view of this than you do. And you got to go back to race to understand this. All right, so we'll talk about race in just a second. But the critical race theory is where they created this Hegelian, Hegelian dialectic division amongst us. But if you're in the military and a man's there and the, hey, you got to do 50 push-ups. And if you can't, you're not in the military. You're out. If a man does 50 push-ups, good, he's in. If a woman does 50 push-ups and she fails, then what we really say is, you know what? Equality doesn't really apply here. We know that male and female bodies are different, and therefore we got to account for that. So now here's where gender equity rides to the savior of women. Uh, because, you know what, equality should be washed out 50-50, forget it. You're, it you can't, but we're going to say that men do 50 push-ups, women do 30 push-ups. Why is that justified? Because women's bodies are different, and according to their body type and according to their capabilities, there's a different standard. And that's, quote, equitable. And remember, equity is the tool to get to equality. So that equity tool then changes the game for women and men, adjusts for their differences, and says, hey, the man did 50 push-ups and he got into the military. A woman does 30 push-ups and she gets in. That's equitable and fair and adjusted to the reality of the situation. And eventually it creates equality. I know you're going to say, Sam, that just exposed the biggest lie I've ever heard. You're exactly right. It does expose the biggest lie you've ever heard because it is one of the biggest lies you've ever heard. That number one, there is no gender differences at all. On one hand, erase gender. You can be whatever you want today. You can wake up tomorrow and go, I feel like a woman. Not, right? Okay? We know God's law on this. Don't be playing games with me. But yet they want that on one hand. On the other hand, what they want to do is they want this equality. 
quality term to be backed up by this equity term. And equity means we can adjust for the differences. So go back to race now. They did this with race. They said, you know what? <clears throat> you used to have to have a 4.0 grade point average to get into college, man. But the problem is not that many blacks had that kind of a score. And so what you did is you say, listen, we're going to create this um, special situation <clears throat> where we're going to give blacks the ability to get in if they have a 3.4 average, not a 4.0 average. And we're going to have a quota. We're going to have a uh, where, you know what, we need a certain number of blacks to, to be in the colleges because it's only fair. So now you're talking about this equity term again where you're saying, look, you've got to adjust for whatever differences we're going to highlight. You've got to adjust and give one group favoritism over the other group. Right? So now blacks have a different ratio or situation than whites do to get into college. And a lot of whites missed out as blacks got put into college above the white person. Uh, academics was only part of the picture. The underclass or the downtrodden black person was given special privilege. Right? What is that special privilege called? Well, they would say it's equity. Right? Don't you know that it's equitable? Right? What about race-based equity? Right? What about reverse discrimination? Right? What about special privilege for some at the expense of the rest? Right? They literally are saying now we're incentivizing equity. Right? Taking equity-minded action to close equity gaps. Equity over equality. Equity is the means to gain supposed equality. Diversity for all. What is racial equity? Equity, they say, racial equity is about applying justice and a little bit of common sense to a system that has been out of balance. The goal of equity is to bring back balance. People of color feel the impacts most acutely. Yeah. There you have it. So um, we've had these in our government schools for quite some time in the race reality. Now they're bringing this divide and conquer tactic to women and men. And now they're going to use climate change as the great equity compliance mechanism. And what they're going to say is women get more money at the government trough than men. Uh, you're going to basically kick men out of the women's lives because women can turn to the government and no sex as the ultimate feminist. And they don't need men around at all. And what they'll do is they'll gender equity this thing right down the line. They'll use it in race and they'll use it between male and female relations to literally tilt the landscape in the favor of those who are in charge. And right now, the man that's white that believes he's a man, let me say that again, the man that is white that believes he's a man and wants to be married to a woman and wants to make children with her, that is the worst kind of, well, that guy's been at the top of the equity pole forever, and it's now time that he goes to the bottom of the barrel. 
anything they want, a gender-fluid somebody who uh, is attracted to the same sex. I don't know what that means if you're gender-fluid, but just follow me because it's very confusing. Uh, is at the top of the poll, especially if they have racial components, too. So now you got a black, transgender. Well, okay, this is the top of the poll for these people because what they want to do is they want to use this equity term to create special privilege. In other words, to pull the lever of government in the favor of the few at the expense of the many to so-called create eventual equality which they will never achieve because the second they really achieved equality, their gig would be over. It's kind of like all the cancer research organizations telling you after they receive billions of dollars every year, we're going to solve cancer someday. Yeah, and once you do, are you just going to turn off the spigot of money then and just close your organization? Or are we always on the quest to cure cancer, but we never, ever, ever can get there? It's that kind of a deal. They're never going to have equity, and they're never going to have equality. Because equity is on the way to equality, and equality is a never-achievable goal, and therefore we can never get there. And even if we all honestly get there, what we'll do is we'll just move the goalposts of what equity means. See, back in the day, it was we want women to be able to shatter the glass ceiling. But what if a woman just gender-fluidly becomes a man? Hasn't she then overcome the glass ceiling because now she's a man, see? Well, no, because you got to understand that there's differences between male and female. We got to have gender equity to make up for it. We got to let the women do less of a job but get paid the same because that's only fair. After all, they've been abused for centuries, and we got to do payback is about time, right? But then we say, well, there's no real difference between a male and a female. All you got to do is wake up and put on a skirt, and you're a chick. All you got to do is wake up and cut your hair and take some hormones, and you're a dude. Right? So all women got to do if they want to get rid of the gender equity gap when it comes to pay and shatter the glass ceiling is she just has to wake up tomorrow, take a bunch of man-made hormones, mimicking God, and, and just turn a chick into a guy. She walks in and says, I'm a dude, pay me more. And by golly, if you don't do that in society, then you're an evil, racist, hater, misogynistic, horrible person, and your business should be shut down for the sake of the good of us all. Right? This is the kind of baloney we're talking about. In my world, men are men and women are women. Male and female created God them. And whatever your gender is when you're born is the gender you'll be forever until you die and into the eternities. Gender is not a characteristic of mortality. Gender is a characteristic ordained of God. Let's not forget that reality, okay? And male and females are not at war, as they want you to believe. We don't need this equity and equality stuff to divide the sexes and to make the sexes continually be at war. God ordained male and female to marry and to become one. And as they're one, their different characteristics and their different gender roles come together to create more than they could be alone. That is the fundamental unit of society, the family, led by a man and a woman ordained of God Almighty, people. And if you believe different and you believe in this poppycock baloney, all right, I think that we need to take care of the planet God gave us. He gave us the earth and said, look, in the Bible, he says, you know what, take care of this earth. I give it to you and, and you know, it's your stewardship. Be responsible for it and tend to it and do good by it. I think we ought to have caring for the earth viewpoints. 
But when you cross the Rubicon from God-ordained caring for the earth and a male and female doing it together, uh, as they come together as one, God put them together never to be separated again. And as one then, male and female, they create children. That's the fundamental unit of society, God's plan through the family to carry out his purposes. And everything they're doing with this equity and this equality and this climate change is to shoot us in the foot and destroy the family, to destroy God's law, to destroy male and female. And they're using equity and gender equality to do this. All right? I get that we have problems with the climate because I realize when we disobey God, he oftentimes uses the climate to punish us and stir us up in remembrance of our God so we'll turn to him again. So there's no doubt that the more we disobey God's laws, climate's going to get rowdy. But it isn't for the reasons the government wants you to believe. It wants you to believe that just because you're here on the earth that it's a problem. And if you're a white male, then it's a big problem. Now, if you just transgender yourself into a woman, put on a skirt and say, I feel like a woman, then you're more harmed by the climate than you were the day before when you were a man. See? See how mixed up and confusing and dishonest this really is? The truth is that male and female should work together to better the planet, to be kind to one another, to not think of the two sexes at war, but to think of a they should come together as one great whole as God ordained. And understand we should take care of the earth, but we should not fall for these deceptive claims by government and by those who would destroy our society to pit one against the other. These equality and these equity words sound so solutionary. Right? Like we're, we're solving a problem. But the truth is they're meant to divide and they're meant to create really inequities and deny equality in the long run. Why? Because on that division does government and does evil tyrannical folks gain power over us. Don't fall for the lie. Don't let it happen, ladies and gentlemen. Understand that God loves male and female. And he married the first man and woman never to be separated again to create the fundamental unit of society, the family. And everything they're doing is attacking God and family and country. And we stand against it. We stand for solutions. We stand for morality. We testify that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life, and our Savior. And if we obey his laws and follow the Prince of Peace, and we recognize God's designation of male and female, and we recognize his grand purposes and support them, we shall be blessed. If we don't, we'll lose those blessings. Write it down. Remember, you heard it here first. God save the republic. Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Sam Bushman on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use, no doubt, continues now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for November the 13th in the year of our Lord, 2021. This is our two of two, and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, we use the blueprint for liberty, the Constitution for the United States of America. There is a big battle going on in America today. 
And the sad part is it's all about this Capitol riot discussion that will never end. And uh, yesterday, as you know, first hour, uh, we had on Chris Carlson. We broke down this Revolver.News story uh, talking about these, these criminals uh, that are really working for the government, that are breaching the Capitol and blaming it on the average citizen. Um, the citizens have done kind of bogus things. Donald Trump has really, um, in my personal opinion, uh, tapped into the wrong spirit, which is, you know what, F Joe Biden, let's go Brandon, uh, Kamala's a whore, or whatever you want to say. They're chanting this all over the country. Well, this all started with Donald Trump's rallies where he ran around. He's like, lock her up. Hillary's a criminal. And then he got in office and he's like, we're not locking up my friend Hillary. Come on. What are you guys thinking? Okay, this kind of stuff is at the helm. Well, it gets worse because, I don't know if you know this, but now there's a big battle about the rioters. The rioters chanted, hang Mike Pence as they breached the Capitol, they now say. Now, Trump defends the January 6th rioters hang Mike Pence chant. I don't defend it. I don't think you ought to yell hang anybody over and over and over. I don't see what good that does. Even if Mike Pence did something wrong, which we can debate that, but even if he did something wrong, you don't hang the man. You might say we want accountability, we want transparency, we want due process of law. I go there. But I don't go to the hang Mike Pence idea. Do you, ladies and gentlemen? So here's what happens when you stir up a crowd. You stir up a crowd and you uh, encourage people in this, quote, crowd mentality to do things that they would not normally do. Because people want to go along. People don't want to buck the system. People may not be comfortable with it to some degree, but they get exuberant and they, they do stupid things. So who on earth would ever defend this kind of a chant? I don't think anybody in their right mind, but Trump is. Rioters chant, hang Mike Pence, as they breach the Capitol. Here's the soundbite. There you have it. Now, I'm not comfortable with that. Now, Donald just says, hey, these guys were just kind of, you know, getting a little bit zealous, but no big deal. They were frustrated and angry because the election was stolen. Well, this is where they have masterfully, masterfully deceived all of us. Okay? You've literally got the former president of the United States defending that kind of stuff. Well, and then people are defending, let's go, Brandon, right? Well, the problem with that is, in my opinion, it's not defensible. I know the people are frustrated and angry. But that's not the way that you should express your frustration and your anger, is it? But you know what? When we literally have this man named Ray Epps literally encouraging people to breach the Capitol, on video over and over and over. And he's on the FBI most wanted list, and then all of a sudden he disappears from that list. You go, what on earth is going on? 
And then you find out this guy's encouraging people to breach the Capitol the day before and that day. And he's whisker, whispering in people's ears right when they breach the Capitol. And now we have these chants. You go, how many people foolishly went along thinking we're just chanting a phrase, lock her up, hang Mike Pence, whatever the phrase is, F Joe Biden, Kamala's a whore, whatever. Ladies and gentlemen, then you got a serious issue. I don't endorse this at all. I don't endorse the F Joe Biden. I don't endorse the let's go Brandon. I don't endorse any of it. I'll tell you why. I am a follower of the Savior Jesus Christ. And he is known as the Prince of Peace. He is known as Counselor. He is known as, and I know once in a while he comes in his wrath. He was very peaceful. When Peter chopped off the ear of one of the soldiers, the Savior Jesus Christ picked up the ear and put it back on. He was peaceful. He didn't come to save in his wrath. He came to peacefully submit and lead by example. Now, sometimes the Savior is bold. He routed out the money changers. I get that it's appropriate to have wrath. But when and how and where is the question. And in a constitutional republic, we use the checks and balances that made America great to deal with our grievances. For example, I hear everybody complaining about the elections. And I think that the election was a fraud. I believe it was dishonest. It was rigged. But I don't think hang Mike Pence is the answer to that. That's just foolishness. The answer to that is Americans to go in every precinct in America and say, hey, why was our precinct circumvented for mail-in ballots? We see a problem here, right? Right? Um, how do we go about our grievances? We don't just hang people. We don't just shout this. We don't just have mob rule. You say, Sam, why are you so sensitive about this? Come on. People are just good-naturedly uh, venting and showing their frustration. Yeah, but it's not how you do it. Right? That's not the way you go about it, folks. And you say, well, man, you're sure sensitive about this. That's right. You want to know why I am? Because the members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints lived in Missouri, peacefully living with their neighbors. And eventually it got so bad, the persecution for those members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, that the governor of the state, Governor William Boggs, literally issued an extermination order against all Mormons, male, female, adults, children. Extermination order, folks. And it started with chants like that. Okay? The blacks, the Indians, the Mormons, they've all suffered in America. Don't get me wrong, I'm not downing America. I'm not demand I'm not demeaning America and, and looking at it at our faults and our mistakes. But I am saying I want to make sure that we don't repeat it. Right? I don't want to repeat it. I don't want, ladies and gentlemen, to repeat it. Okay? So I don't want to get there. I don't want it to be against Trump supporters. I don't want it to be against Trump haters. 
I don't want it to be against global warming deniers or, you know, who say we're not getting the truth on it or those who promote global warming. I don't want it over the critical race theory people or that. No, okay, we've got to stop this vitriol. It is out of control. We've gone way too far. Right? We have got to back off. And I cannot believe Donald Trump would support and just say, oh, these people are just angry, no big deal. It's not the way I see it, ladies and gentlemen. And I pray it's not the way you see it. And believe it or not, I've had some strange conversations with people about this. Rick Green, uh, and I had a conversation about it yesterday, second hour on the program. And it was a great conversation. And we documented the frustration. We documented the rich history of uh, the pushback in America that's justified and legitimate. I do think there is legitimate pushback. I really do. But it's how we go about that pushback. And hang Mike Pence isn't one of them. F the president isn't another. Calling the vice president a whore even if you can document that it's true, is not the public, uh, what do you want to say, ambiance we should achieve? That's not what we want to be known for, is it? I don't think so, ladies and gentlemen. I really don't. So I don't know if you know, but I've been working on this civility issue for a long time. And I think it's reached feverish pitch. I am sadly referring to this feverish pitch it's out of control what's next besides hang mike pence f the president the vp is a whore well what's next with these kinds of chants hang the president or hang the this or hang the that or hang joe biden or where do we go next because at some point if you keep whipping people up into a feverish pitch and chanting these things well Remember, Ray Epps said, we've got to breach the Capitol. We've got to do it. And eventually, he whispered in some ears, and it was done. You look at Chaz, and they whipped people up into a frenzy and created a city in the middle of a city for crying out loud in America. You don't think this can tip over the edge and go to unwanted, unexpected, unwarranted levels? You're wrong. It can, and it will. I'm going to document our efforts to back away from this. In seconds, on your radio. The Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit legal foundation committed to protecting our unalienable right to publicly acknowledge God. The Foundation for Moral Law exists to restore the knowledge of God in law and government and to acknowledge and defend the truth that man is endowed with rights not by our fellow man, but by God. The Foundation maintains a twofold focus. First, litigation within state and federal courts. Second, education, conducting seminars to teach the necessity and importance of acknowledging God in law and government. How can you help? Please make a tax-deductible contribution, allowing foundation attorneys to continue the fight. You may also purchase various foundation products as well at morallaw.org. Located in Montgomery, Alabama, the Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit, tax-exempt 501c3, founded by Judge Roy Moore. Please partner with us to achieve this important mission, morallaw.org. 
The spirit of the American West is live and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues affecting the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today, and gift ideas like the 2021 Real Buckaroo Calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. Well, my mom smokes and my dad smokes, and I saw them smoking, so I tried it. They're telling me not to smoke, but they smoke themselves. When it comes to smoking, are you sending mixed signals? But when you teach someone a certain way to do things, and you go back on that certain way, it sends mixed signals to the person that they're trying to teach. The parents need to be the example. Smoking. If you think you're old enough to start, you're smart enough to stop. A public service message from this station and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I want to dedicate this song to Mr. Rupert Murdoch. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. I'm telling you, this is a disaster. This issue of the lack of civility is out of control. And we, I'm telling you, we're losing the moral high ground. And uh, it's going to backfire on the conservatives who think it's no big deal, think it's just kind of fun and laughter and games. And <laughs> no, this is not a reality TV show, ladies and gentlemen. This is not just um, fun and games from those who are far from you. This is not a, a, a you know virtual reality situation. This is real. And there are consequences to actions. And I'm telling you right now, evil starts with thoughts. Evil starts with verbal. And then it eventually turns into actions that you regret. All right? I've been working on this issue for a long time. In fact, I wrote that article back in 2015, a clarion call for civility, because I saw the writing on the wall, how bad it was getting. Literally five years later, in my opinion, we have gone from the frying pan into the fire, to use a colloquialism, right? We have really gone, wow, far on this thing. To the point where I have decided that, you know what, this clarion call for civility, I've got to make this kind of the center stage of my platform, of my career, of who I am, of what I do. Because what they want you to believe is that I'm an insurrectionist. They want you to believe that because I've been kind to Donald Trump, never mind that I didn't vote for him, never mind that I don't think he's the best guy to be president of the United States, I was respectful and kind to him. I wasn't an always Trumper, and I wasn't a never Trumper. I was a reality trumper in the sense that when he did something good, I'd give him credit and praise. When he did something bad, I would speak out against it politely, directly, and I would do my best not to attack him as a person, but I would do my best to articulate why I don't support that stance. So let me give an example. When Donald Trump backs the pro-life movement and wants to protect little children, I have backed the president and given him kudos for this all the day long. Has he taken it far enough? Probably not. Could he do more? Probably. But he's done more than any other president in my lifetime, bar none. So I gave him a lot of credit, justly deserved for that, by the way. Uh, and uh, that's important, right? Okay? But when he does something wrong, then I've got to speak out and say, you know what? I'm not for this. I'm just not. And it's important to really think through that, folks. 
And to know what you stand for. When the president does right and good, I'll stand with him. When he doesn't do what he should, then I want to be very cautious and very uh, willing to speak out. Well, this call for civility that I've got now is really the center discussion in this, in my opinion. Okay? It isn't about Trump, whether I like him or dislike him. It isn't about Hillary, whether I like or dislike her, or Maxine Waters or Nancy Pelosi or any of that. Okay? It's about principle and about how to go about our frustrations. Do you shout somebody down and yell, hang them? No, because somebody might not hang Mike Pence, but they might harm him. Remember Rand Paul got harmed? He was mowing his lawn and he got side slammed by somebody and it literally broke his ribs and gave him lung trouble and he ended up in the hospital and everything else. And then remember later, Rand Paul was literally um, walking out of Congress or somewhere in Washington, D.C., and crowds surrounded him and they were very uh, hate-filled and then Rand Paul had to literally use the police, the Capitol Police, to pull him and his dear wife to safety. And all they were doing was going out to dinner. This is what I'm talking about. It isn't just rhetoric that won't turn into anything. This will go further and further. And an angry crowd over time takes more and more and more to be pacified. Do you read me? Loud and clear, people. A crowd that is hungry for action. Fueled by rhetoric, eventually needs more and more and more to be satisfied. Do you understand this? So I stand completely against yelling any of these things. Hang Mike Pence. Let's go, Brandon, all the way down the line. I'm not for these phrases. I think we ought to have a chance to say, let's have civility. Save the republic. The issue is honesty. Paper ballots. God bless America. These are the kind of chants that I might support. We have the right to peacefully assemble. But when does your right to use your free speech in a peaceful assembly go awry? And I say we've crossed that line too many times, and I I reject it, and I think it's a bad idea. And when things get worse and worse and worse, all the people that say, Sam, you're just wimpy. Sam, we got a rich history of this and that. They're right to some degree. Maybe I am wimpy. They're right to some degree. Maybe we do um, have a history of this. But it isn't going to go well, and I'm not going to be part of the violence that will result. I'm not going to be part of feeding the crowd that will never be satisfied because that's the nature of mobs. That's the nature of whipping the people into a frenzy. I want to part ways with that agenda, and I want to part ways. Well, I've never been in the way with them, so I don't know about parting ways, I guess. I'm just saying that we've appeared to be on the same page defending liberty. But now we're seeing a division in factions as the wheat and the tares divide more and more. I want to be part of the wheat plan, not the tares plan. And I want to be the guy that says, hey, I did everything I could to reject violence. Every show we started out with, we protect God, family, and country and promote. I'm sorry, we promote God, family, and country and protect life, liberty, and property. And we just saw in the traditions of our founding fathers, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration. I want to be that guy. Right? I want to be the guy at the end of every show that says, you know what? God save the republic. I want to turn to God to save us. I want to back away from revolution. Okay, and you look at the French Revolution and the American Revolution. What's the difference? The morality in the people. The Americans turned to God Almighty. And the French thought they could do it in their, in their perversions, turning their back on God. And it didn't work out very well. I want to turn to God and remain peaceful. I want to follow the Prince of Peace. 
Well, anyway, in this effort, as you know, I wrote this article back in 2015, a clarion call for civilian, and I've referred to it a lot. And the reason I've referred to it so much is because I really want that to be the anchor point of which I staked out who I am and what I stand for. Okay? A peaceful follower of Christ. That's who I am and what I stand for. I want to be a tender warrior. I want to stand up for liberty to the best of my ability, but I want to be humble. And I want to be patient in my deliberation or delivering of my my efforts. So we've been working on this a whole lot more, and we're going to do a whole lot more with the civility issue going forward. So I created a website called callforcivility.com. Just C-A-L-L-F-O-R-C-I-V-I-L-I-T-Y. Just like it sounds. Spell out the word for, F-O-R, callforcivility.com. And I want to read a, a little bit of what I've got on the website to kind of articulate what we're doing with this and what our intentions are. It started with the article in 2015. We've quoted that article, referred to it often over the last five years, but we've seen us just go from the frying, pa- frying pan into the fire on this one. Sad but true, okay? So on the website, it starts out and it says, Welcome, a call for civility. My name is Sam Bushman. I'm a nationally syndicated talk show host and an IT professional. As you are well aware, America is divided over every fault line possible. It's my belief that this is not by coincidence or accident. This is intentionally fostered by those who do not love God, family, or country. In 2015, I wrote an article, and we point to that article so you can get a reference point of what I wrote back in 2015. There's a link to the article. A clarion call for civilian, and I wrote it to all media, all media, celebrities, and public officials begging us all to please remember the moral high ground of civility. Since that article was written, we have gone from the lack of civility to outright attacks on anyone who sees things differently than we do. This must stop. I am convinced that our peaceful future as a free people absolutely depends on it. This website, callforcivility.com, has been created as part of our efforts to provide solutions to protect all we hold dear. This website has been created as part of our efforts to provide solutions to protect all we hold dear. We will be launching a national speaking tour and authoring solutions to remedy this serious plague on our beloved country and society at large. We have added to this website a pledge It's a call for civility pledge that we are hoping millions will sign and agree to live by. And we will be reaching out to leaders across America and the world to advocate for civility in all we do. We need funding and volunteers at every level to make our hopes and efforts a reality. Will you sign the pledge and help us in our sacred cause? Liberty Roundtable live in seconds. Your daily Liberty Newswire. You're listening to Liberty News Radio.
USA Radio News with Chris Barnes. President Joe Biden will have a very busy Monday coming up as he's going to be signing the newly passed infrastructure bill at a very large event that may be held on the White House South Lawn if the weather permits. Word is that's because they're expecting such a large crowd of invited guests. The president was speaking about that package during a cabinet meeting on Friday. It'll create millions of new jobs, it'll grow the economy, and uh, we'll uh, win the world economic competition uh, that we're engaged in in the second quarter of the 21st century with China and many other countries. In fact, China is the second part of the president's busy Monday as he's expected to have a virtual meeting on Monday evening with the Chinese President Xi Jinping. It will be the first formal bilateral meeting between those two leaders. And this is USA Radio News. If cancel culture and censorship continue at their current pace, there will soon be nothing left of the truth. The Epic Times was founded to keep truth alive. We ask the questions we think you'd ask. We check facts without regards to any political agenda. No one tells us what to cover or how to cover it. We're not influenced by big corporations or political parties. Our great passion is to expose the spread of socialism and communism. We cover the Chinese Communist Party and how it works to subvert American education and politics. We cover big issues like election integrity, the exploding national debt, the fight against coronavirus, and the truth about its origins. We cover Democrats and Republicans in exactly the same way. We have a special trial subscription offer right now. One month of our printed paper and total access to our amazing online content for just $1. You'll find it at TrustedNewspaper.com. One month, $1. TrustedNewspaper.com. Help the Epic Times keep truth alive. Britney Spears is free of her conservatorship. After a hearing before a California judge yesterday, the judge ending Spears' 13-year-long court-ordered conservatorship, and then she shortly thereafter posted a video on Instagram in which she thanked her fans. The father of a U.S. Marine killed in a suicide bombing in Kabul, Afghanistan last August, discussing the way the Biden administration handled the U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan. Marine Darren Taylor Hoover's father, Derek Hoover, joined Fox News on Saturday morning. Why was this thing rushed so fast and so hard to one particular airport that was not secure, that we had absolutely no control over, where we had one just around the corner, literally, that was secure, that was able to take these flights in and out? USA Radio News. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm talking about this website that I've built called callforcivility.com, F-O-R, callforcivility.com. We need funding and volunteers at every level to make our hopes and efforts a reality. Will you sign the pledge and help us in our sacred cause? So that's the general appeal at the start of the website that I have. And then we've got a mission statement and a pledge that we built for the organization. Callforcivility.com. We need funding. You can donate now. We're working on the ability for you to sign the pledge. I'm kind of probably talking about this a little bit prematurely because we don't have the site done. But I want people, our listeners especially, to know what we're working on, to know what we're spending our time on. While the rest of the world's running around saying, F Joe Biden, Kamala's a whore, hang Mike Pence, 
Um, we're working on callforcivility.com. Let's set the record straight. We have got to realize that even if we disagree with people, and even if we think they're the devil incarnate, we've got to basically step back and say, look, I am my brother's keeper. It didn't say unless you politically agree with your brother. It says, you know what? Love thy neighbor as thyself. Well, unless he's on the wrong side of the Donald Trump debate or the wrong side of the mask debate or the wrong side of the, every fault line you can find, right? Okay, that's not what it is. It's love your neighbor as thyself. It's you are your brother's keeper, right? All right, so here's the mission statement of callforcivility.com. Even though we may disagree on some issues, we can still have open dialogue and respect for one another and one another's beliefs. As Paul wrote in the Friends of Voltaire, I disapprove of what you say, but I will defend to the death your right to say it. It's really important to understand. I may not agree with you, but you know what? You have the right to think and believe as you feel. That's okay in America. It's when you go to the next level that we get a problem. What we lack most in our, quote, so-called enlightened day is open, kind, and moral leadership. What we need is good, honest, and wise statesmen. We need Americans who are governed by moral principle in thought and in deed and in private as well as in their public lives. We need leaders who will lead by example and show us a better way. In the spirit of eternal optimism, we exhort all Americans to demonstrate true leadership by returning to the high moral standard of civility in all we do and say. Indeed, we need to treat others as we ourselves would like to be treated. After all, isn't this the pure genius of America? And the pure genius of America, by the way, is to be treated kindly as we treat others kindly. In America, we have ways of peacefully transferring leadership in America. We have ways of treating one another that, that, you know what? So on the website, there's a home link. There's a pledge, which I'll read in a moment. There's an about us. There's a donate link. There's videos. And there's contact us. Now, there's three spo- or four sponsors so far. LovingLiberty.net's one of them, the radio network that we're involved in. Rust Gold and Silver. Rust Quentin Gift is another one. The CSPOA, the Constitutional Sheriff's and Peace Officers Association, is another one. And then my business, Small Business Tech Guys, is another one. All right, now, um, if you go to the About Us page, there's a little bit about me because I'm the founder. And there's a little bit about Richard Mack because he's the co-founder. And believe it or not, Richard Mack and I worked on this together. We basically, um, when we saw a lot of this going on, we're just like, you know what? Things are just getting too crazy. And we decided we got to have a call for civility. And we worked hard to think of what the website's going to be. This is an endeavor led by Sam Bushman and Richard Mack. And hopefully we can get all kinds of people aboard to help us. <clears throat> so we thought, you know what? We need people to pledge. And we don't have the sign up for the pledge yet, but we're working on it. Will you take the pledge and sign? <clears throat> Will you then help us on our national speaking tour? Will you help us create hats and T-shirts and everything else to promote this? Will you help this become a movement across the country? Because you know what? I want to separate myself completely. When things go off the rails, 
as they already have in America in plenty of situations I can point to where people have been hurt. Right now, the Charlottesville trials are going on. You say, wait a minute, what, Sam? Yeah, in Charlottesville, we had a meltdown. You had a bunch of patriots going to protect our statues and our historical monuments, and they asked for a permit, and they went there. And the cops in that liberal city of Charlottesville literally led Antifa, Black Lives Matter, and the haters of anybody uh, go there as well. And they didn't do anything to keep the peace. They literally forced the people together and created clashes that resulted in pain and suffering and injury. One lady died. And now what they want to do is they want to blame it all on the, quote, white supremacists. And Donald Trump died to say, listen, there was good people and bad people on both sides here. And they slaughtered him for that honest view. Trump was right. There are good people and bad people on both sides. But they slaughtered him for it. And then now we're having big trials over Charlottesville right this very second. You're not hearing much about it in the news. But it's going on. And the only people really on trial are the, quote, white supremacists or the conservatives. I don't believe they're white supremacists at all. That's a lie. But again, that's how they use rhetoric to ratchet up hatred. Pretty soon it'll be you kill a white supremacist and it will be no big deal. It was justified and necessary. The ends justify the means lie. Don't fall for that. See how I'm telling you that we need a clarion call for civility. Callforcivility.com is the way we're working on this. All right, so here's the civility pledge that I'm hoping Americans and people everywhere will take. On my honor, I, Sam Bushman, you would fill in your name, obviously, right? On my honor, I, Sam Bushman, pledge to stand for that which is right. And I know that statement is a little bit vague, but it's on purpose that way. Because you know what? Right in my mind might be slightly different than right in your mind. But in your heart of hearts, you know what's right. You know what's right. On my honor, I, Sam Bushman, pledge to stand for that which is right. I desire to talk and work with others in an effort to show kindness and respect to all I come in contact with. I seek first to understand and then to be understood. That's, by the way, habit five of the FranklinCubby.com. So I will seek first to understand and then to be understood. I can try harder. Will accept constructive criticism from others and commit to do better. I must do my best to remain civil and encourage others to do the same. I will use my sphere of influence to de-escalate from contentious situations and will do all I can to encourage civility in all my interactions, both in private and in public. I realize that I can remain true to myself and still show kindness to others. Let me say that again. I realize that I can remain true to myself and still show kindness to others. I understand that my respect for others does not in any way mean that I agree with all they say or do, rather that I simply give respect to get respect. I can agree to disagree by being agreeable. Will you sign that pledge? I believe there's no greater focus that we can have right now than a civility effort. 
I know that pointing people to Christ is critical. We do that as part of our civility effort. But what about people who don't believe in Christ? Hopefully we can encourage them and teach them and educate them, and one day they might change their mind. But it isn't going to happen through hatred and vitriol and divisive uh, division. It's going to happen through example and kindness and love and respect and long-suffering and patience. That's how it's going to happen. So I advocate for Christ. But when rioters chant Mike, hang Mike Pence and when Donald Trump defends it, I've got to stand against it. Callforcivility.com. Mission statement, pledge, and shout out, if you will. Serious business. And I want people to understand where I'm coming from on this. I want civility. I want peace. I want kindness. I don't want anger. Our founding fathers who understood the five guarantees in the First Amendment, civility was the underpinnings of all of that. We can peacefully assemble. It didn't say you can go riot and chant hateful things. It's not peacefully assembling. That's bordering on hostilities and rhetoric. Peacefully assemble. You have the right to freedom of religion. Turning to God. You have the right to your free speech and the freedom of the press. But there's limits on those rights, folks. You can't write slanderous or liable material, and you can't threaten people. At least you shouldn't be able to in a constitutional republic. And the final one, you have a right to a redress of grievances. That's where people are getting frustrated the most. But all five First Amendment guarantees are under assault. Callforcivility.com. Recent studies show that parents who smoke in the home are more likely to have children who smoke. Yes, in fact, my brother, he's 22 now, he told me and my father that's why he started smoking. One of the reasons why he started smoking is because my dad was around, you know, and he, he, my dad, they saw my dad smoking. My dad said, okay, I don't want you to smoke. I don't want you to you know, watch what I'm doing. Recent studies also show that in homes where parents don't smoke, their children usually don't smoke either. I am the way I am because my grandparents taught me what not to do. They gave me morals. They gave me belief. They gave me something to believe in. They just taught me well. I love them. <laughs> I do. Smoking. If you think you're old enough to start, you're smart enough to stop. A public service message from this station and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Abby Johnson was once director of a Planned Parenthood clinic in Bryan, Texas. After a moral crisis, she quit, and now she campaigns against what she once endorsed. They implement abortion quotas in all of their clinics. What do you mean quotas? You have to perform a certain number of abortions every month. Um, one of the reasons that I left... Are they explicit about that? Yes. It's, it's in your budget, right there on the line item. Uh, one of the reasons I left Planned Parenthood was because uh, in a budget meeting, I was told to double that abortion quota. And for me, as someone who had spoken to the media and had said, you know, we're about reducing the number of abortions, we're about, you right. know, prevention, all of these other services, I was shocked. So since this. you actually worked at a Planned Parenthood, give us some sense of the relative number of abortions. Okay, abortions, Planned Parenthood provides over 330,000 abortions a year. They are the largest single abortion provider in our country.
Ladies and gentlemen, the call for civility welcome. The mission statement and the pledge are available now for you to review and to share with your friends and loved ones. I believe this is an effort that I'd really like people to get involved in. I believe that this is one of the most important things we can be working on today. I know the county sheriff of America's last hope with Richard Mack is really important. I know the new media taking center stage is really important as talk show hosts break down the news that it was refused to use and bring to you truisms. I get it, but I really believe this, this peaceful attitude is necessary. This clarion call for civility is really, really, really important. Okay. I don't know how to write. I mean, I don't know how to uh, highlight this more. But I believe it's really, really important. And I think as things get, what do you want to say, more rowdy? Is that the word I should use? As things get more hostile in America, as sadly they surely will if we don't stop this rhetoric, I'm convinced that the positions as the wheat and the tares at first grow together, right? Um, Continue to get further and further apart where it becomes obvious. The righteous and the wicked will will get further and further apart. And that's what in my mind is meant by the wheat and the tares. Uh, I'm convinced that that we're going to notice more and more differences. And as we do, it's going to be important to understand more and more and more. The parable of the wheat and the tares. Can you tell the difference? Right now it's hard. But I'm starting to see the difference. And this call for civility, in my opinion, will be at the heart of this. Write it down. I don't know if you want to call it a prophecy. I don't know what you want to call it, but I'm telling you, the parable of the wheat and the tares, can you tell the difference, will become front and center. As you gain more knowledge, there will be those who embrace the call for civility.com. Welcome, mission statement, and pledge. And there'll be others who will not. And they will be saying, we've got to ratchet this up. There will be those calling for peace. And there will be those who are calling for war. I want to be on the calling for pre- or peace side. I want to be on the callforcivility.com side. I want to be on the follow Jesus Christ side, the Prince of Peace. And you're going to see more and more and more of that parable come true. And I want to be very clear about what side I'm on. All right. Anyway, enough of that. But we're going to be working on T-shirts. We're going to be working on hats. We're going to be working on all kinds of ways to promote this campaign. Hashtag call for civility. Or maybe we'll just do hashtag civility call. I don't know. But hashtag call for civility uh, is going to be there. And we need to do this. We need to write articles and really educate people. You have a right to peacefully assemble. And you have your right to free speech. And you have the right to the freedom of the press. And you have the right to the freedom of religion. And you have the right to a redress of grievances. All five of your fundamental First Amendment guarantees are being violated big time right now. 
But if you want to preserve it, it's going to start with prayer to Almighty God. It's going to start with repentance among the people, the followers of Christ. It's going to start with treating others as you would want to be treated. It's going to start with love the Lord thy God and love thy neighbor as thyself. Two great commandments. And then living our lives is going to be the ten great commandments. Guaranteed to keep you out of jail. Unless the government gets too wicked, then it's not a guarantee of anything except for you're on the right side with God, right? Anyway, I thought I'd bring that to your attention. We'll keep this in focus on the broadcast big time. As we continue more with this, we'll provide more information about our efforts. Eventually, there will be a national speaking tour with dates and places. Eventually, there will be all kinds of different things relating to this effort. Imagine a, a call for civility of bumper stickers. Imagine call for civility shirts and hats. We've got to find ways to really bring this forward. All right, we'll keep an eye on this, Paul, just for you. A couple of other headlines before the hour ends. We're flat out of time. FDA alert. Two million at-home COVID-19 tests have had to now be recalled. Over false positives. Jax Phillips with the Western Journal breaks this down for us. FDA alert, 2 million at-home COVID-19 tests recalled for false positives. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration, the FDA confirmed on Thursday that it's recalling over 2 million at-home COVID-19 testing because they produced false positives due to what they call a manufacturing defect. The firm first informed the federal regulatory agency about the defects in some of their lots back in October. But on Wednesday, the FDA said, uh, I guess it identified additional lots that were affected by the manufacturing defect. So in other words, an ongoing problem, right? Uh, these defects were made between February 24, 2021 and August 11th, 2021. Oh, wow, that's a big that's a big span, right? February, March, April, May, June, July, over a six-month period. To date, they say about 35 false positives from the COVID-19 tests were reported to the FDA. But that doesn't mean that that's all the false positives they got it just means that's all that were reported it's kind of like the vars database system where only about one percent gets reported no deaths have been reported related to the tests according to the agency that's good news a false positive indicates that an individual has contracted the virus when they don't really have it Wow. Okay. Yep, that's what a false positive would mean, all right. The FDA noted that false positives could lead to delayed diagnosis or treatment for the actual cause or person and their illness, which could be another disease that's not necessarily COVID-19, or it could be that you don't get the right treatment that you need for another disease. You could get, for example, you could have side effects of medications for uh, problems 
if you don't take what you need for COVID, you can get side effects from the other medications if they think you're ill with something else because the positive or the test became positive. Or you could have a situation where, hey, you're now taking COVID stuff and you could have side effects from the COVID medications and vaccines and everything else. Even though you don't have COVID, you shouldn't have been taking them. They say isolation, including monitoring households and close contacts for symptoms, limiting contact with friends and family and missing school or work is the answer. Underscoring the severity of the issue, the FDA, they say this is a class I recall or class one recall. In other words, one of the most serious type of recall because usually these bogus tests could have consequences of illness and or side effects and or death. Yeah. There you have it. They were called 2,212,335 tests in the United States to date. Earlier this year, an Australian firm admitted that it had over 200,000 of its tests that are bogus. Now, the Biden administration signed a $231 million deal with Ellume, I think is how you say it, E-L-L-U-M-E, which received approval to produce its tests under the, quote, Trump administration's last year emergency guidelines. In October, John or Dr. Sean Parsons, Ellium's uh, chief executive, announced that the firm had put greater safeguards in to stop the problem from occurring again, but they didn't quite get it done. I'm very sorry this has happened, he told the New York Times. We're all about chasing accuracy. And to have these false positives, very disappointing, he says. And a spokesperson said that the root cause of the issue was identified. The company is already shipping new products without these problems. And the Epic Times has contacted this company for comment. But, of course, no comment. So I thought would bring that to your attention. I also wanted you to know that Howard Stern pledges to run for president if President Trump does. So you got whacked out shock jock Howard Stern, king of, uh, in my opinion, immoral broadcasting. Just all kinds of fallacious, salacious stuff or whatever. And it's just disaster. But anyway, Howard Stern now saying, hey, if Donald runs for president, we don't want the Donald. Who wants the Donald? So he's going to run. Because he believes he can whoop Donald's A, is what he says. I don't even know how to uh, respond to that except for whatever. I don't find that valuable. But there you have it. So now you've really got Howard Stern flirting with the presidency. Do we in America, would we embrace a Howard Stern? Would we embrace a morally deficit shock jock? As president of the United States, now I know you're going, Sam, wait a minute. You just said to be civil for crying out loud. Now you're calling him morally bankrupt, shock, jock. Yes, I am. And you say, well, what's up with that? Ladies and gentlemen, this is what I mean. 
in America if we're going to run around and just say F the president? And now we're going to consider this kind of a shock jock as our president? I don't mean to be attacking him, but look, you can't debate that his, that his commentary is very salacious. It's morally bankrupt. So I'm not attacking Howard Stern. My prayers are that he comes to his senses and decides that morality matters. My prayers are that we realize that, you know what? I'm not really for Trump running for president. I didn't vote for him before either time, and I won't again be voting for Trump. But I wouldn't vote for Howard Stern either. I would look for a good, honest, wise man to serve my country. That's who I am. That's what I would do. All right? Callforcivility.com. We can point out that, you know what? The delivery of Howard Stern, I believe to be immoral and going counter to all we hold dear. I have every right on principle to articulate that. And I pray for Howard Stern. I pray for our enemies. I pray for those who persecute us and despitefully use us. Isn't that what we ought to do for true followers of the Prince of Peace? I pray the answer is yes. And I pray for this great country. I pray for God, family, and country. And I hope you'll do the same. Callforcivility.com. We declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America. America.